Welcome, it's indisputable. I'm your host, Rashad Richie, good to be with you. We have a lot on the agenda today in the bullpen. We got a special bullpen. Remember last week, I gave you an exclusive a video of a young black woman who was simply working being physically accosted by the police. We broke that story. We will have the exclusive interview with the victim of that debacle today. Also, breaking down news of the day, none other than Sharon Reed, host and commentator. Sharon, always good to have you on the show. Thank you, Dr. Richie. Absolutely. Top story of the day, Herschel fake police ass Walker. Senator Warnock debated Herschel Walker. This debate was classic in so many ways. Herschel Walker not only showed a fake badge to prove he is not the fake police. He also in another context admitted that the check where his previous romantic relationship claimed he paid for an abortion, he admitted, yep, that's his signature, that's his check. Okay, let's go to the first video, here it is. I've never pretended to be a police officer. <laughs> and 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 I've never I've never threatened a shootout with the police. Well, and now I have to respond to that. We are, we are, we are no, moving no, 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 on, I gentlemen. I have to respond to that. And you know what's so funny? I am work with many police officers. I ask you to put that prop away. Well, it's not a prop. It, it this is, is real. And he said I have a problem. I never worked with law enforcement. It is considered a prop, Mr. Walker. Yes. Excuse me, sir. Yes. You're very well aware of the rules. Now, in all due respect, and to give Herschel the benefit of the doubt, he may not have known what the word prop meant when he signed the contract. Now, I had Senator Warnock on my radio program earlier today. He responded directly to the issue of the fake badge while on stage. Here it is. We have, ladies and gentlemen, Senator Raphael Warnock, Dr. Reverend. Good day, sir. Welcome. Hey, Rashad. Dr. Rashad Richie, great to be with you. Great to have you back on the show. I got to ask you, first question. When you saw Herschel Walker, after you said, basically, you're the fake police. After you told Herschel Walker, I've never been accused of, you know, faking to be the police, et cetera. He pulls out a fake badge. What was your thought in that moment? Man, uh, who does that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and, and I, I want to provide us context, you know, for folks who didn't see the debate. I had literally just said, um, you, you claim to be in law enforcement. You weren't. You're not. Yeah, and here's the thing, Herschel Walker never responded to the second part. There was a part B of Warren Knox's question, so to speak. And that part B was, um, why did you threaten to have a shootout with the police? So Herschel Walker did not provide an adequate response to that. So let's go down the rabbit hole here of some of the actual lies on record from Walker. At one point he said, I worked in law enforcement, so I had a gun. You don't get clearer than that. I worked in law enforcement, so I had a gun. That's what he said. Walker told a US Army audience, according to the Atlanta Journal Constitution. In 2017, he specifically said, and I quote, 
I work with the Cobb County Police Department. AJC noted that Walker's campaign claimed he was an honorary deputy with the Cobb County Sheriff's Office. The police division and the sheriff's division, two different offices, he was unaware of this obviously. However, the department informed the AJC that it was, they had no record. There was no record of Walker ever working there. Walker also said in 2019, and I quote, I spent time at Quantico at the FBI training school. Y'all didn't know I was an agent. Once again, the FBI has confirmed Herschel Walker has never been a federal agent, okay? Now, Herschel finally admitted, ladies and gentlemen, that the check that has been in question, the $700, which his ex says was payment for an abortion. Remember, I'm pro-choice here. I believe in a woman's right, freedom. The issue with Herschel is that he's so extreme, he believes that even if a child is violated, that child must be forced to bear that fetus. Now that is child abuse by policy, that is criminal, regardless of what your laws may say. So here's his admission. Why not reach out to her and if- Why, why should I, why do I need to? NBC News has now spoken to that former girlfriend who provided us with what she says is a copy of a $700 check that Walker gave her to pay for the abortion and a receipt from the medical center in Georgia where she alleges it took place. We did show a copy of the check to Walker who said the allegation he paid for an abortion isn't true. This is still a lie because she's the mother of my child. So you're gonna see me a check or somebody giving a check. So that, that I'm saying it's a lot. Do you know what this seven hundred dollar check is? I have is no for? idea what that can be for. Is that your signature I, on the oh, check though? Let me see. It could be. It doesn't matter whether it's my signature or not. When pressed, Walker said definitively for the first time the check is his. Yes, that's my check. Why should voters believe you in this? Voters moment, should believe word. me because I've been very transparent about everything I've ever done. Walker has also faced criticism for embellishing statements about his academic and business records and ties to law enforcement, highlighted by his opponent, Senator Raphael Warnock, in their debate. And where's this one from? This is from my hometown. This is from Johnson County, from the sheriff of Johnson County, which is a legit. Bad. The Johnson County Sheriff confirmed to NBC News he gave Walker an honorary badge, which allows him to help with community support in a crisis. Uh-uh-uh, you don't get to do that here, Herschel. You see, your initial claim was that you were actually a deputy, a police officer, an agent, as you said in your tweet, with the Cobb County Sheriff's Office. You initially said it was the Cobb County Police Department. Both have denied knowing who the hell you are, sir. Now you're saying, "Oh, well, I got this other badge from another county that was never in question in the first place. So yes, sir, you pulled out a damn prop and it had nothing to do with the story. Initially, you were in the limelight for. All right, Sharon Reed, what are your thoughts on this? You know, one of the other things that Herschel Walker said, Dr. Ritchie, was that the former president called him after that debate and that he will be here in Georgia when and if Herschel Walker needs him. He doesn't need the former president to tell any more lies around here. He's got it covered. He's got it covered completely. I will say this, the expectations were so low out of that debate and he's lied so much that no one expects him to tell the truth. Missed opportunity, love Raphael Warnock, missed opportunity. But I don't know how you defend against lies and crazy. 
What was the man supposed to say and do? You know, I concur and I've already had a conversation with his camp. I don't think Warnock was aggressive enough. He followed the rules. If you looked at the entire debate, Herschel Walker was allowed to violate the rules almost all night except for one occasion. They rewarded him. Warnock followed the rules. He stopped when the time said stop. He did not interrupt the moderator. Herschel was allowed to do this. And that's precisely the reason why his campaign said yes to this particular forum. Because they had an expectation that the moderator would be more friendly to a Herschel Walker. And it seems as if their assumption was true. Yeah. Hey, Sold. I'm recording you. Let go of the man's neck. Record. Let go of his neck. He's not going. He stole anywhere. a bike, ran out of a friend of mine's yard. Let go of his neck. Let go of his neck. I didn't. I didn't. Let go of his neck. I did. Okay. I did. You're fine. You ain't oh, gotta no, hold his oh, neck. Oh no, I didn't touch it. I did. I did. I did touch it. Come on, bro. I did touch it. For real, I did. I did touch it. Yeah. Uh, I, I, one of uh, this kid over here, one of his friends stole a bike right out of a friend of mine's yard. Yeah, I, I'm for real. I feel, I feel on God, I didn't touch it. Yeah. You ain't got to touch his neck like that, bro. He a kid. I'm, I, yeah, right in the middle of the road. No, he's just a kid. Hey, do y'all know? Hey, hey, little man. There's two, two do it's a damn shame. Let's put up the picture at full mass. Let me give you the background to this. In Milwaukee, protests are happening right now. They are outraged and that outrage is justified. The video shows a white male grabbing a younger black male by the neck holding his bike back, preventing him from escaping. You see, those are arrestable offenses immediately. While local media was not able to determine who the white male was, the internet has identified him as Robert Allen Wal Chakowsky, 62 years of age. The young black man, however, will remain unidentified. The person who recorded this, the voice of reason, D'Angelo Wright, the good Samaritan who decided to intervene, de-escalate, provide opportunity for escape from a criminal. Wright told WISN 12 News that he was driving when he saw the encounter in the middle of the street. He exited his car to film. Just looking at it, it just looked like he was choking a kid. I was sad and very, it was sad and very upsetting, Wright said. He was shaking. He didn't really know what was going on 
like he was confused. I was telling everyone, God puts you in the situation for a reason. And I think, I think that was for that young man's sake. Let's put up the picture of one of the community leaders who has been on it. All right, that's Von Mays. The video sparked this man to lead. He organized the protest outside of the home of the white male in question. Now, some of you, and let me go ahead and clarify this because some of you are going to say, well, the local media is not saying it this way in Milwaukee. Well, they're afraid to tell you the name, I'm not. So they're not gonna tell you the name, I will, okay? So that's the reason why you will see, well, they haven't been identified. We've identified them and I'm okay with saying it on air. All right, on Facebook, Mays notes that the stolen bicycle, all right, let's put Mays back up again. The stolen bicycle had been taken two days prior to the incident. Two days, not the day of. Mays and the Black Lives Matter activists are calling for this white male to face criminal charges, okay? Mays told the local news, and I quote, that is a dangerous person. Stuff like that is happening all over the country. People playing vigilante. We saw what happened with Ahmaud Arbery and all these different cases. And we definitely don't want that type of stuff happening here in Milwaukee. Let's put up the pictures of the people that have to be in charge. They are the ones who hold the power to prosecute and to hold someone accountable. This is the chief of police, Jeffrey Norman, and the Milwaukee County DA, John Chisholm. The police and Milwaukee County District Attorney's Office have not released a statement about the incident. We need that to happen today. Nor did the police respond to WISN 12 News inquiry to see if they took any reports about the alleged bicycle theft or about the video that we all saw. Um, so here's what's going to happen to the leadership of this particular jurisdiction. Um, I'm not your local news. And I'm going to stay on top of this until there's actual movement. Now I got more information about the entire department. I got updates about leadership. Right now I just showed two, go ahead and do the right thing, investigate properly, charge them. Because you would do it if it was the other way around. If a black male had grabbed a young white person in that same way, same context. He would have been arrested that day, hell y'all would have sent SWAT later that night. He would have been armed and dangerous according to your report. So we need some action, we need some justice. And to the young person who experienced this, I'm sorry that you had to go through this. We stand with you, we stand for you. All right, Sharon, thoughts here. There's so many, not his bite, something about yeah. his neighbor two days earlier. Emmett Till comes to my mind mm. because he was snatched away. And we all know what happened later. And I don't think that's too strong. Mr. Wright, the good Samaritan who recorded this Dr. Ritchie is a real man and a protector in his community. But I noticed other things. You saw the young man who he called out to who was circling around in a bicycle in the background. It's the conditioning. It's not just the male Karens um, like the real perp here, but it's conditioning our community that we're supposed to accept this. Show me your papers, interrogate me on the spot. I don't care what he thought. Call the authorities and you're right, they need to do the right thing. This is so easy, do the right thing or please continue to look under the hood. Well said, and once again, systemic bias at play here. We see the unfair or unequal application of the law. 
But there's an equalizer, it's called transparency and we try to help with that, okay. A Minnesota man was given an award from the police. Everybody's excited, Medal of Valor. And he took the opportunity to tell the police that they were full of you know what, fascinating. Here it is. Alex responded by wrapping a shirt around the victim's arm to try and slow the bleeding. Later, it was learned that an artery in the victim's wrist had been severely damaged by a bullet. Doctors stated that the aid provided by Alex prevented this man from dying. Congratulations, I'd like to give you an opportunity to say a few words. Yeah, um, I appreciate it. I feel like I, I did what anyone would have done with the little bit of training that they have, that I have. That day, nine of your squad cars raced past us as I was flagging them down. It said in the letter you sent me. And that was a potential of 18 people. 18 people could have stopped to help preserve life. But 18 people chose to go to a potential threat. And I, and I recognize the man had a pistol and we didn't know what he was doing. I do appreciate the recognition, but I won't keep this stuff. This will go to my mom, and this will probably go to my son, because I'm very uncomfortable being here with you guys. I do not rock with the police, but I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to say these things, and I just want folks to know that they don't keep us safe. We keep us safe, riots work, thank you. Wow, now you may not agree with all of his substance. You may not agree with the atmosphere he brought to a ceremony. Ladies and gentlemen, let's put up the hero of the week, Mr. Alex Mingus, okay? Now, the reason why I have significant respect for him deciding to go against the grain is because he could have made a decision to simply say, no, I'm not gonna be there, don't like y'all. He did not. That probably would have been the easiest thing for him to do. But he's called to be a leader, which means he cannot stay silent when things are controversial. That's the time we need people to talk up. Alex Mingus was the recipient, revealed, he revealed beneath his hoodie, smash white supremacy shirt right before he went into his acceptance speech. The victim he saved was bleeding from a severed artery in his wrist. This brother was driving his wife to work when he saw the victim bleeding on the side of the road, he pulled over to help. When the St. Paul police invited him in their station for his award, he declined initially. He said, I don't wanna go inside the building because I am terrified of the police. I am terrified of the police because of George Floyd, Sandra Bland, Tamir Rice, Dante Wright, and the list goes on. He then told on-site public media throughout his life, throughout his life, police had actually threatened him. He said this on social media. They pointed a gun at his head, they handcuffed him to a bus when he was 16 because he fit the description of somebody. And he was warned, he has warned children about police interactions. Um, it's time out for what I call corporate leadership. Now we have a terminology, corporate Democrats, we understand that they are pretty much bought, sold. 
to the corporate agendas that finance their campaigns and political action committees. And then they are also unwilling to violate social norms. See, they'd rather be friends with somebody than advocate for communities that put them on. I'm not concerned about getting an invite to the ball. I'm concerned about getting an invite to your house. That's exactly the kind of leader that is needed today. And I believe this brother is one of those. All right, Sharon, thoughts here. The only thing wrong with him, I'm so tingly, I can barely talk. Okay, this is my kind of guy. This is my kind of guy. The only thing wrong with him is that you did say he was married, or I'd say sign me up immediately. Okay, a real one. He is ungrateful and bothered, and he's exactly what is needed. I love how he flipped the switch on. Look, I just love this. He seems so polite. And did you hear him say, uh, the the police officer or sergeant or whoever it was say, and we'll give you the floor to make a few remarks. He made the remarks and I love it. He is my kind of guy, I can barely contain myself. Beautiful, look at that. Oh, Maybe he has a brother. Authenticity works. I love him, I love him. All right, we got more on the other side is indisputable (laughs) stick and stay. All right, welcome back. Listen, we have a big announcement to make. We've been talking about this for a while. Today is the day. My dear sister, Senator Nina Turner, unbossed, mirrors right after, indisputable. So very proud, my dear sister. You can tune in, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time, every day of the week. You can also subscribe at youtube.com forward slash unbossed TYT. It's going to be epic. All right. A lot of comments will read as many as I can. Cena Hogaboom says, we need Sharon on a power panel. That's right, our main show stuff, I agree. Next T1T reporter, he did play football. Maybe he just got in, got into autograph signing mode at a game and accidentally signed a $700 check. Okay, <laughs> sounds like a defense he would say out loud. Uh, Gretchen Miller, hi Dr. Richard, love the show. Can I get a shout out for my birthday today? Gretchen, happy birthday, thank you for all you do. We appreciate your continued support. All right, have a good one, have a blessed one. Chris Smith, Sharon Reed, enjoyed your cameo in Pea Valley. I was like, is that old girl from Dr. Richie's show? Yes, it was, love your work. Um, and Pea Valley is one of my, I told you this Sharon, when yeah. you told me about the gig, one of my absolute most favorite shows. It is well written, the characters are complex as hell. Uh, and I haven't seen your episode yet, so can you send it to me? I haven't seen this one. No, I'm in a couple, um, but you're okay. right. Katori Hall, the creator, I love it. I love yeah. what she was able to do with this one. Uh, it's, it's risque and worth it. Yeah, yeah, it is such an interesting <laughs> plot. Okay, that's something for everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, I wish you Karen Wood. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a in Sunday? You're going to feel free. Back off. I'm going to tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. Well, I don't care. I'm the customer. I don't care. I don't care. I mean, I'm gonna put everything back together. I don't care if put everything back together. My property. I can drag you off my property too. And don't think just because I'm a woman, I can't do it. Because a woman brought you into this world, unfortunately. Yeah, but all we do is come out here and try to. Well, you try to help. That's fine. But no, but when somebody puts words in my mouth, I don't play that game. You, you come okay, to help, so you know, you something. come to help. She don't come to put words in your mouth. And you shut your mouth right there too, or I could get the place to get you off my property. 
Go ahead and put the load nuts back on. Get, 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 the, get the hell out. You want me to play right together? No, I want you to get the hell out. Get the hell out. Or I could drag you off if you want that, because this is my property. And in the state of Georgia, there's a lot you can do when you want somebody off your property. Sir, do you want me to put this tire back on? Put it on and get the now you're in mine, you mean spirited witch. This man should have never been talked to this way. There's more. Here it is. Let me go get my socks that way I can actually put it back on. That doesn't work. Put it back on and get off. Your key is wrong. The locking key that you have is wrong. Talk to this me. goes for this, you fool. No, it don't. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. There's a lock on your This is the one that fits it, fool. Just tighten it up. Tighten it up and get the out. <laughs> Still making yourself look more stupid, and I have to belittle you more. <laughs> Uh, uh, Karen, okay? One of the few, it was actually at the very last second of that video. So we took a screenshot, okay? Now, you never know how words impact somebody. I'm exposing this Karen because I want the brother to know, and yes, I call him a brother intentionally. Those who hold my values are my brothers and sisters. I want him to know that everything that woman said about you is completely untrue. We appreciate the work you continue to do for folks. You are simply trying to do a job you never should have been spoken to that way. There are better people in this world than some of your customers. All right, share with thoughts here. I wanna check on him. Okay, my thoughts are with him too. And yes, he's my brother too. I want to check on him because I want to know what is in him that he was able to show such class restraint as she cussed him out, told him to get on several times, and he ignored all of her ignorance, all of her bluster, and focused on the task at hand. Trash. That's how she's behaved. And I have to tell you, I was stunned and really, you know, taken aback when she said, Georgia. I'm in yeah. Georgia. Okay, well, we're in Georgia. I wish somebody could slip an air tag in her pocket or something to warn me when she's coming. She is dangerous. And that young man must have PTSD. Yeah. So sad. All right. Anti Karens. Unite. You're screaming and employees at Walmart. Get out of here. That's racist. Yes, it is. No, it's not. The United States doesn't have an official language, jackass.
I could solve all I this. I can buy the pictures myself. I you can buy and sell me the pictures. This is just embarrassing. I've never yeah, seen it. It's a... embarrassing that you have to. And I want my camera back. Okay. Well, I guess the cops are going to have to get it. I will stay and talk to the cops. I would like my camera back. Ever since what's her name left here, this place went to. I would like my camera back. I don't have a camera. Well, the camera was here and now it's not. There is no camera. All that was here was this that you threw. The camera didn't this, just disappear. And the stuff with the pictures in it. No, there were two items. There were there, there was a camera. The camera's no longer here. Is that it right there by the photo machine? Oh, look! Look who's wrong. <laughs> Excuse me. I said, look who's wrong. What is your problem? What is your problem? Classic Erinicity, I have more video. And remember, she is being recorded because she started to throw things at the cashier. Here it is. What is your problem? I was you just in the back. They're videotaping. I'm protecting me. this gentleman. Oh, really? The Absolutely. You're protecting the gentleman who refuses to sell me what I wanted to buy. You threw stuff at me. And you know. took the stuff away and said I couldn't buy it. Bye. I'm for somebody to call the police and I'll talk to them. Bye. 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 See ya. Bye. Have a good day. Bye. You have a good day too. I will. Put up a picture full of mass here. You know, sometimes people believe that individuals who work in certain industries do not deserve their respect. When you are this ugly, you could end up on an episode of Indisputable, on a segment here. And I gotta say this for those who were involved and the target of this kind of aggression. Next time a Karen volunteers to go to jail, please oblige, please. The only thing we have seen that has been somewhat effective is when they actually have accountability. When they are held accountable, some things seem to change. Attitudes seem to adjust, behavior is different. Outside of that, we have not seen much success. Okay, Sharon, thoughts on this. You know, as a kid, I was forced to take that annual class trip to the circus, Dr. Mm -hmm. Ritchie. The circus is really no more, we know better now. I used to feel so bad for the animals who had to perform these tricks while we laughed at them in the audience. I would like to bring the circus back and fill it with these characters, <laughs> okay? And just have them perform their performance art, if you will, uh -huh. because it is just they one up each other. And I particularly enjoyed the, you know, antagonist here, the anti-Karen who was really laughing at her out loud and didn't back down and said, I'm protecting the gentleman. Because as this Karen walked out with her tail between her legs, I thought, well, she should be center ring at the circus. She really, really <laughs> should. But jail is also a possibility. Yeah, so we don't have an update as far as if the police were called or not, but definitely you gotta start not being so ugly to people.
All right, that's how this works. We got more on the other side, it's indisputable, stick and stay. All right, we got a lot of show left. Let me read some of these beautiful comments. Thank you for connecting. Lynn says, Garage Karen gave me a headache. Yep, me too. Um, Cena Hogaboom, yes, Doc. Once they get the cuffs on, their whole attitude changes. Agreed. Too old for this dragon. Thank you for this, by the way. Keep doing the Lord's work, Doc. I want you to know you're much appreciated. And thank you so much. Iron Sharp as Iron. I can't do this without you. Appreciate you in advance. All right. Low Crow, welcome to Indisputable. Thank you so much for joining. Gabby Mathis is now an Indisputable member for five months. She says, love your show. Uh, remember, you can join the YouTube membership. You can become a member. That just gives you some added incentives, a little more connection with me. But it supports the overall mission, which is justice. Make sure you sign up. YouTube, click join. We got you. All right. A cop. Pulls over a guy who has kidnapped children, okay? And it had to be one of the nicest arrests we've ever seen. The person did resist. The person did not immediately respond to command. And he was not shot, he was not tased, hell. He didn't even pull out a gun on him. While the children are in the car being kidnapped. Here's a video. Stop the truck, now, pull into the parking lot. Why are you doing with the kids? What's going on? Roll the window down, bro. This is not your car. Step out of the car. Step out of the car, bro. Okay, step out of the car. Help me on you. Is that you? All right, let me let me figure it out. Okay, put that bottle away. Okay, put, put that bottle away. Okay. Then I just step out of the car and help me out. Okay? What do you mean not you? Okay. So let me figure out. I don't know what's going on. Step out till you figure it out. You're gonna step out. I cannot leave you. Give me the car keys. Give me the car keys. Give me the car keys. I know where your dad is. I saw him running this way. I'm not asking you twice. Give me the car keys. Alright. I step out. I need to figure out. I cannot let you in the car. But step out, you're gonna punch me. I'm not gonna punch you, bro. I just, yes, I just, no, I promise you. you will. I, I promise out. you. Is this? Yeah, yeah. All right, step out of the car. Oh, it's not like that. Step out of the car, bro. Step out of the car. Step out of the car. Step out of the car. Stay here. Fascinating. Let's put his picture up full mass, his mugshot. So he was arrested. Why? Because he kidnapped children. Tampa, Florida, this happened in Hillsborough County. That was a county deputy sheriff you saw. He did rescue two children, big ups to him for doing that. This was minutes after their father's truck was carjacked with those children still inside. The video shows the deputy gently handling, gently. I mean, he called him bro, he said, bro, help me out here. Roll down your window, please. Why not break the window? He got children in there, he could have pulled off. He resisted arrest, you told him multiple times, get out the car, he never did. Um, the carjacker and the kidnapper is 37 year old Kevin Smith. And he was charged with two counts of felony kidnapping and one count of grand theft auto. The two children, they were four and eight. 
four and eight, okay? Riding with a stranger, just been kidnapped. And here comes officer too damn friendly. Um, they were not injured during the incident. They were returned safely to their father. The Hillsborough County deputy, his name, let's put a picture up. His name is Jonathan Pazmino Alvarez. Was serving a warrant when he saw the frantic father flagging him down and yelling. He just took my truck with my kids. And once again, I'm going to say big ups to that deputy for being sharp. But I cannot dismiss the reality of how he dealt with a kidnapper compared to how cops, some other cops would deal with the person who I don't know, forgot to turn on their turn signal. Uh, the deputy quickly gave chase and eventually ordered Smith to pull into a parking lot where one of the children told the deputy, the guy robbed my dad's car. According to deputies, Smith has a criminal history dating back to 2003. It's unclear Smith knew the kids were inside the truck. He also refused to speak to the deputy after being read his Miranda rights. Um, according to the deputy, he says his focus was keeping everybody calm, which is a good de-escalation tactic. Typically, deputies come into these calls with guns drawn and getting everyone out of the vehicle one by one. When kids are involved though, that changes everything. My priority at that point was the lives of two kids, said the deputy. Maybe he has a point. According to a quote from Fox 13, he said, from the moment I opened that door, he looked nervous. But at the same time, I was just looking at his hands, making sure he did not do any quick movements with them. That's why I took control of one hand right away. But in my hand, I wanted to make sure that he got me the keys because I didn't want him to take off again. Let me give some background to this deputy. And you make the decision, was this appropriate? Was this too lenient because something have happened to those kids? Or should this be exactly the protocol of policing? Uh, background on the deputy. He moved to Florida from Ecuador in 2012, became a citizen, and dreamed of one day becoming a law enforcement officer. He said, and I quote, I used to be an aquatics director for the YMCA. I used to do ropes, courses, and team building. So I was surrounded by kids all the time. That experience shaped how he handled this call. The deputy was just as relieved as the dad. So let me analyze this, and I'm going to be very fair here. I do think he was too lenient. I do think he took too much time to get that kidnapper out of the car and away from those children. While that person is in arm's length of those children, those children are in complete danger. Yes, it would have been hard to watch for the kids to see somebody snatched out of a car. But I'd rather the risk of that than this guy doing something in a split second because of the reaction of the police, okay? All right, that's just my thoughts on it. And once again, what's the contrast? Police officers killing people for simple traffic violations and they tend to be what, black and brown? All right, Sharon, thoughts here. Yeah, and there's an officer, and, and thank goodness, thank God that things worked out appropriately here. But he was so friendly, and and so it was almost like he was, you know, just shaking his hand. The perp here, and look at him. This is kind of ridiculous here because until you do get the keys, guess what else is a deadly weapon? The vehicle itself is still running. It yep. felt like Dr. Ritchie. It wasn't until I guess it was the eight-year-old who kind of said, "That's not my dad." Like, come on with it. 
let's come on with it here. That's not my dad. That he finally insisted now that you yeah. must get out of the car. <laughs> and listen, the children are basically saying, the child is basically saying, <laughs> Yeah. What is taking y'all so long? This man is Thank not you. my dad. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let it work out. Yep. Same here. A police officer decided it was a good idea to sell his department issued guns, steal money from a credit card. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. Put up his picture full mass here. Florida police fired an officer and arrested him after he pawned his department issued guns, plural, and stole more than $1,500 from a co-worker's credit card on October 5th. We have the story. You're looking at right now, this is former Hialeah Gardens officer Leonardo Carbo was stripped of his badge. He was charged with theft and credit card fraud after investigators tracked down his fraudulent purchases to airport pawn and gun in Miami. So he gets arrested, he gets stripped of his authority. Here's the irony of this, he would have still been employed if he shot an unarmed black man in the back. Mm. You realize that, he would still have advocates saying that he had no choice, he was in fear for his life. But he stole $1,500 from a coworker. And according to the allegation, he decided to pawn department issued guns. Police say Carbo pawned department issued guns, including an AR-15 and Glock pistol at this shop right here. Here's a look at the interior of the shop. All right, they were happy to get those guns. But he did not stop there. He also got a hold of another officer's credit card. Yeah. The card was then used for a number of transactions at gas stations, a restaurant, Uber, Walmart, and a pawn shop, the police report said. The total amount spent was more than $1,500. When investigators went to the pawn shop, they discovered that the credit card had been used to buy a firearm also. The victim said he remembered leaving the credit card at a restaurant and had asked Carbo to pick it up, the report said. The fellow officer requested Carbo to pick up his card for him before he went out of town. Well, look at this. He says, hey, hey, buddy, I left my credit card over at the restaurant. You mind picking it up? Carbo says, I absolutely 10-4 on that. He picks it up and helps himself to $1,500. <laughs> I'm laughing, it ain't funny, but <laughs> damn, you can't, you can't just, the police can't even trust the police. With a credit card from somebody that you know, come on, man. All right, um, the police department said, and I quote, we acted swiftly after learning of his actions that proceeded with a criminal and internal affairs investigation leading to his termination and arrest. Great, now can you apply that when people who are unarmed get shot in the back by the police? Can you say that same statement next time there's an unarmed citizen in your community who has been shot and killed by the police? Say, hey, we acted swiftly, 
we in, uh, created an investigation. We decided to arrest him and took away all of his authority. Boom, you see, this proves, ladies and gentlemen, that it can be done. Why is it that typically there's this um, administrative duty protocol? Well, now they're on administrative leave, paid administrative leave pending the outcome of the investigation. Damn that. You were able to move this fast for a credit card and a pawn receipt. But you can't move that fast when there's video evidence of the actual crime and the crime has a much harsher impact than somebody credit card, somebody's credit card being used. Now the reality of why I'm highlighting the story is because as I have said before, corruption is never linear. Anytime you see this kind of corruption, it is always connected to other levels of corruption. If they're willing to do this, they're willing to do other things, that is my point. So now that you see you have a cop who's willing to violate the public trust, you must go back and look at the cases in which his signature is affixed. Because if he's going to lie and be this extreme in his criminal conduct, according to your investigation, do you think he has not lied to you before? Do you think he has never lied to a citizen or on a citizen before? Do you think he's never lied in front of a judge before? All right, Jeff, thoughts on this. I was going through a few hypotheticals as you were going along. And one thing that I mm. kept landing on was same situation, $1,500 stolen from a credit card, but it was a civilian. Mm. Would that cop who stole the money, would they then be put on administrative paid leave while they're investigating? So look, I don't know, that doesn't really solve or prove anything. I'm just wondering as we go along, because yeah, they were kind of expedient and I'm glad they were, this is stealing. But let's apply that same energy to civilians, to the rest of us. But yep. I'm glad the, the the blue wall of silence was taken down in this instance. So let's let's keep moving that uh, moving that thing forward. Yeah, there you go. Um, Baltimore officers assaulted a teenager. Okay, in the parking lot. We got an update. Here's a video. What you saw was an assault of a teenager by way of cop. That is my opinion of this. Put up the cop's picture. You see, the Baltimore County officer who punched the teen has been identified as Officer Alumid Sequoia. Okay. This cop and the other officer involved in the arrest remain on regular duty. I'm going to explain that in a moment. That basically means their duty has changed from typical police functions not assigned to desk duty. According to the Baltimore Sun, Baltimore County Police have said officers were responding on September 19th to a report of a physical disturbance in Woodlawn involving an armed person 
when the officers approached the individual who they suspected had a handgun, police said the officer was assaulted by the 17 year old child. A 19 year old was separately arrested for a so called for a so called ghost gun. Police said he possessed. The police say at uh, as one officer approached the 19 year old in the wheelchair, by the way, seeing a large bulge in the pocket of his hooded sweatshirt, the 17 year old aggressively and suddenly approached and asked, yo, what are you doing, bro? I guess that's against the law to ask the police, what are they doing? Uh, the boy allegedly pushed the officer according to his report. The officer was trying to arrest the young man in the wheelchair. Both officers ordered the teen to get back, but he remained aggressive and belligerent according to the report. Uh, let's put up the picture of Larry Greenberg. Larry is a Baltimore based civil rights attorney representing the unnamed 17 year old. Said the team was charged by an officer, uh, was charged by an officer in what the attorney described as escalation. Greensburg said the high schooler was subdued already, and he was. No longer posed a threat, which is true. The young man suffered a broken tooth and sprained arm in the altercation. This is a kid, don't forget that. Baltimore County Executive, let's go to the executive. All Swetsky Jr., Johnny is his name, called for a review of the events leading up to the arrest, the officer's actions, and the body worn camera footage of officers involved. A, spoke, a spokesperson said he had seen the video circulating on social media and that the county is committed to full transparency here. The police policy allows the chief, now get this, to release videos of, and I quote, critical incidents within 30 days of the event. Which can include high profile incidents that garner public interest or concern. Now, typically, this action has only been allowed or implemented when there is a lot of media focus on the particular incident. Greenberg said Thursday, Thursday, that he'd be taking the county up on their offer for full transparency, adding he's requested body worn camera footage, any use of force reports completed by police. And witness statements they've obtained. Police spokesperson Trey Corbin said that the incident was being investigated by the Professional Standards Bureau Internal Affairs Section. He said the department conducts investigations into all use of force incidents. They're not going to do a damn thing, nothing. Okay. In order for something to happen here, that attorney has filed that civil rights lawsuit. It's going to have to be a federal lawsuit, and you got to get this cop under deposition. Okay. So now things will start to move in the right direction once those things happen in the justice system. This investigative element, he may get, he may no longer be able to be a cop, possibly. All right, Sharon, thoughts here. But for now, it's internal affairs. The equivalent yeah. of internal affairs is investigating this. Who, who's on that? The, the same cops who arrested Freddie Gray. Okay, the, the, those cops. This is uh, more of the same here, okay? And usually they release video and body cam stuff really quickly when it shows that maybe the police were being harmed or attacked or their scenario that they've given is accurate. Um, so I, I think you're right. The only way to go about getting change here is to sue and take them for what they got. Yeah, once again, the police defunding the police because that's exactly what's going to happen here. But the anti-defund the police crowd, they say nothing when cops are defunding cops. All right, we got more on the other side. It's indisputable stick and stay.
All right, welcome back. We got a lot of show left. Let me read some of these comments. Thank you in advance for always connecting. All right. Okay. The watch list, don't forget. Big Homie Jared Jackson, add the watch list to your watch list. Let's make it happen. Live weekdays, 12 p.m. Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time. You can also subscribe to the corresponding YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash watchlist TYT. Okay, let me read a couple of these comments. Hey, Martin, thank you so much for this. So police do know how to make a stop and arrest without shooting or tasing. White privilege that kidnapped children. Well, 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 no additional training was necessary. That's right. Uh, what do the directors of internal affairs departments think of qualified immunity? <laughs> that should be the one question on the application. That's it. All right. The police recorded themselves robbing a citizen. Here it is. Uh. Put him in my pocket. Hold on, don't come down here. Put him in my shirt. Oh. Ray-Bans. It's a small handgun. I can tell you that now. You probably got it, really. I found some bullets. It was the bullets on top of that. I didn't go through them. I didn't have Yeah. Let me check the bottom. All right, James. I think somebody went through this one. A bunch of phones. A bunch of these, too. The tenant filed a theft report a few months later. Four watches, a partial box of 22 caliber ammunition, Apple AirPods, iPhones, MacBooks, shoes, perfume, jewelry, Oakley and Ray-Ban sunglasses, makeup, and a safe containing antique coins, military medals, a diploma, a birth certificate, and a social security card were reported missing, plus another $750 in cash. The Texas Rangers eventually arrested Constables Trailer Harris, Chief Deputy Laquenda Banks and Sergeant Derek Holman on charges of abuse of official capacity, official oppression, and property theft. Bond was initially set at $1 million, and all three had their peace officer licenses suspended. Trailer Harris, however, remained in office pending a civil lawsuit filed in June to remove him from duty. And in July, a judge finally found in favor of the state and temporarily suspended him. Temporarily? suspended someone who goes into a person's home and robs them. Let's put up their pictures. Don't think that it is missed on me that these cops, and they are criminals. These cops received a $1 million bond. Typically when a cop shoots an unarmed black person, they get what's called a signature bond because they are trusted to come back to court. They got a $1 million bond. They also, with the exception of one, because of a lawsuit, they were stripped immediately of their police powers. It is possible to do, rightfully so. They should have been stripped. The peace officer licenses of LaQuinda Banks, Derek Holman, and Constable Curtis Harris were suspended last December because of the suspension, Banks and Holman cannot work or have authority as peace officers ever again. 
The constable position Harris held was an elected office. Now, you don't have to worry about him just stealing money from the books. You gotta worry about him literally walking into your home as an elected official and taking what does not belong, taking what does not belong to him. That's what he did. It's called robbery. All right, background on the theft and the cover up. According to the arrest affidavit obtained by KLTV, the constable, Taylor Harris, instructed his deputies to turn off the body cameras during the execution of the eviction on October 18th. It appears Banks turned the camera on when she thought it was off. Uh, later, uh, she actually did turn it off uh, and, and was turning it on. The camera footage gives evidence of the theft. After getting his $1 million bond lowered to $40,000 in a hearing Friday, suspended Smith County Constable Curtis Taylor Harris is no longer in the Gregg County Jail after he posted bail that same day. Taylor Harris, who was accused of stealing and abusing his power while serving an eviction notice, has been in the Gregg County Jail on a $1 million bond since May 13th due to multiple bond violations. Interesting stuff here, all right? Here's why these stories are important. Corruption is never linear. If they would do that, there's more that they have done. Do you think this is the first time they stole? Keep in mind, they were cool with it, meaning they have stole together before. This is what they do. And let me go ahead and clear this up because people are going to ask, well, why did they steal the birth certificate and social security card? Because they're connected to a black underground enterprise, to a black network that will buy that, all right? They will buy that identification and give them significant money in order to mess up somebody's life. All right, black market stuff all around. What's happening, Sherry? What are your thoughts? Yeah, just rewatch Power, Ghost yeah. Gang. <laughs> That's what they were up to. This yeah. is mafiosa type behavior, gang activity, wearing a badge and a gun. And yes, quite dippy with it. I wish we could get to the point in this country where we could have frank discussions other than here with you, Dr. Richie, and we could stop talking about a bad apple here and there. This ain't no yeah. bad apple. It's gang activity. And like you said, just peek under the hood. There's so much more they've done. Yeah, and you gotta remember police who contact us at Indisputable. They always contact us under the condition of anonymity. We gotta protect them. Why? Because they are afraid of who? The police. That's the same dynamic as somebody trying to get out Piru Bloods or the Crips, okay? All right, yeah. Sharon, always a pleasure. Tell people how they can follow you, check out your great work. Share and read live um, across all platforms. I enjoyed it once again. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure having you. Okay, bullpen is next. Stick and stay. All right, welcome back. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the bullpen. We have a special bullpen today. I covered a story last week, I broke that story of a young woman who was physically accosted by the police for doing absolutely nothing illegal. We have the exclusive interview with her today. Before I go to this interview, let me remind you of the video we broke. Please stop. Can you unhook? Can you stop? Like what are you doing? 
You got her seatbelt? Yeah. Please stop. Ma'am. Stop. Please let go of me. Stop resisting. Please, I'm not resisting. You got you me. Yeah, you are. You got me. Okay, all right. What are you doing? Ma'am, okay, don't drag me out. Then get out of the car. I will if you I've will let you multiple times. If you will release car. my arm. Get out of the car. If you will release my arm, I will. If you will release my arm, I will. Because you're grabbing my arm very tightly. Okay. You're grabbing my arm very tightly. Let me go. Okay. And I'll get the out. Okay. Step back. Don't start. Okay. Okay. It sure is. And you're not getting it because I know I haven't did anything wrong. Okay. How many times have I asked you now? Please let go of me. What are you doing? Let go of me. Let go of me. It has been determined that she did absolutely nothing wrong. They decided not to charge her whatsoever, but gave her an extreme and traumatic experience. She was doing her job. She's a property manager and she was designated to do exactly what she was doing. The cops decided to roll up on private property, which is a no-no. Okay, Jelana Dunlap. Ms. Dunlap, thank you for joining us. Um, Very sorry about what happened. Um, this took place in Fayetteville, North Carolina. Yes, sir. Um, we broke the story here later that day after we broke the story the next day, the local news uh, broke the story as well. So this has received significant press. In your own words, because there's video we don't have. I wanna know what happened when you were pulled over or uh, approached by the police. And what happened after you got out of that car that we do not see? Um, so I would just like to start off to say that uh, I was not moving. My car wasn't even crunk. Um, as you said, I was a, a property manager, so I was going to the property to take pictures. Um, I took my pictures, got back in the car, um, put my seatbelt on, put the keys in the ignition. Um, and then that's when I seen uh, one of the officers walking up to me. Um, he was asking what I was doing there and things of that nature. And I was trying to explain to him exactly what I was doing there. Um, after that, uh, they kept asking me for my ID, which I declined. And I declined giving them my ID because I know I didn't do anything wrong. Um, so after that, um, that's when I started recording after his partner walked up on me and opened my car door and was trying to yank me out of the car. Um, after that. And you were still handcuffed at that time. I wanna make sure I mentioned this for the record. During the time that they're trying to snatch you out of the vehicle and they're saying you're resisting, you were still actually, um, you're in your seatbelt, excuse me. You're in your seatbelt yes. at that time. And then they handcuffed you once you voluntarily stepped out. They then proceeded to put your handcuffs, correct? Yes, correct. Okay. And um, after they were trying to put me in handcuffs, uh, the one detective that you see actually on my recording, she was trying to take my phone out my hand. So mm. it was literally, she's literally trying to wrestle me to take my phone out my hand to stop my recording. Um, they put me in handcuffs, threw me up against the, the trunk of the car. And after that, um, I started hyperventilating so bad that I started vomiting. Um, after 
after that, that's when their sergeant uh, arrived and asked if I needed medical attention, uh, which I declined. Um, they still had my keys, so uh, they released me from the handcuffs, but they still had my keys. Uh, the sergeant went to go talk to the rest of the officers, which that was there, uh, which in total it was about five or six officers at the end of it. Um, he gave me my keys back um, and pretty much uh, took pictures of uh, my uh, injuries and stuff like that because she did scratch my hand up pretty good. And I also had swelling on my other hand from where she was gripping on so tight. Um, and after that, I got their names, badge numbers, and um, I left. I do want to note that after our reporting, the police chief, Gina Hawkins, said in a statement that this matter is now under investigation by the Internal Affairs Division. And the investigation, according to the chief, will be expedited. So let me bring, let me bring this question to you. When you initially were handcuffed, did you think at that time, I'm going to go to jail for simply being on a property that I am employed to be at doing my job? Did you consider that you would be going possibly going to jail that day for doing absolutely nothing wrong? Yes, I did. And, and the worst part about it is you think you're about to go to jail, but Nobody knows that you're about to go to jail. Like you can't get in contact with anybody. You can't call your mom or your sisters. Couldn't call anybody. So what was, what was the demeanor of the sergeant? It sounds as if the sergeant arrived. He talks to the cops. He says, "You all jacked this up. You messed it up. Uh, she's going to have to go. No charges." All right. Was that the the tone of the sergeant, or was it different than that? Uh, that was the tone of the sergeant, yes, but uh, the original officers, that was not their tone. Um, so once their sergeant got there, I was actually a little bit more relieved. What was the reason, according to them, for riding up on private property? Um, and, and by the way, North Carolina is not what's called a stop and ID state. All right, We do have states that allow that by statute, Alabama is one of them. North Carolina is not. In other words, if you're not suspected of doing something criminal and the cops see it, they can't just say, hey, give me your ID. All right, right. Now to stop in an ID state. So what was the reason for the encounter according to them? Um, they claimed that they had somebody that they were looking for or somebody that ran away from them um, that they was looking for. And um, the officer that I originally that originally approached me that I was talking to. Um, he was the one who actually told me that. And to a point to where I said, okay, well, this has nothing to do with me. I probably don't even know who y'all are looking for. And I actually asked if I could leave because I already knew that it could escalate to way worse, which, which happened. Did these officers ever say that you fit the description of somebody they were looking for? Did they say that? Never. Okay, that means they lie. Mm -hmm. All right. So at, at some point, your attorneys will be able to uh, say this with certainty uh, that they use that as part of their story to provide the opportunity for interaction. 
Um, mm-hmm. You went through this ordeal. The video was in your phone. There's other video uh, from these officers that has has not been released totally. Have you seen that video personally yet of these cops and their harassment of you? No, sir. Okay. Have you been given given a timeline as to when or if you will be allowed to see the, see this video of them assaulting you? No, sir. Okay. This happened on September sixth. Is is October now? So uh, I'm pretty sure if they really wanted to expedite it, like they say, then they would have done so already. Yeah, and for the record, Indisputable has put in a Freedom of Information request, Open Records Act, etc. With that particular police department, they have failed to respond as of yet. All right, so the uh, the issue for obviously the attorneys, and I know one of your attorneys very well, uh, Harry Daniels, uh, great civil rights attorney, one of the best in the nation. Uh, the issue is going to be, one of the issues will be the fact that you are in handcuffs. It's a violation of due process, all right? That's an elimination of your constitutional right. You were in handcuffs for about how long, would you say? Uh, like a good 15 minutes at least. Okay. And when they put you in handcuffs, uh, did they slam you to the car prior or after you were handcuffed? Uh, before handcuffing me, they slammed me to the car. All right. Now, from the perspective of the video, what it seems as if happened, see, it seems like this to us looking. When you did get out of the car, that's when the male officer decided to get aggressive with you. Is that what happened during that time? It was actually the female officer, mm. the one who started tugging on me first. The, She's she the, was one. the one. Yes. Okay. She tried to get my phone out my hand to stop my recording, and she took off my fanny pack, which was fluorescent. So she seen my ID in there, so she can go in and get my ID. I think it's important for people to know how legit it was that you were there. Can you describe in general terms what your job was that day? Okay, so uh, my boss had got a, uh, a, a civil action uh, to because there was somebody that was dumping like trash on the property. So I was going to the property to take pictures of the dump because um, we had already hired somebody to come out there and remove it. So I'm making sure that they did remove it, which they did not. So I was going to send them the pictures, email them the pictures of the dump that was still there that needed to be removed. You were there on private property owned by your boss taking pictures because that was your work assignment that day. All of a sudden, cops roll up on you as if you are a criminal. Okay, at this point, it's gone viral. People are talking about it. Major civil rights attorneys have decided to come up and help. Make sure you have justice and these cops are held accountable. How has this impacted your personal and professional life? Uh, well, it's impacted me a lot, actually. Um, so I no longer work for that job just because, um, well, for starters, inflation. So I feel like my life is not worth the amount of money that I got paid. Mm. And second of all, just for 
by mental health alone. Uh, if you if you're traumatized by something like that, where and you still have to go back to that property all the time, um, it's a very traumatic experience. So I'm not I'm not working right now. Um, I'm trying to manage my health because I do have sickle cell. Um, so dealing with my health when the weather changes is another part of it. Um, it's just been a lot for me. You tried to get a remedy to this. You contacted the police department, you you made um, noise. Tell us mm -hmm. what response you received from the police department before this became a national story. Uh, I haven't gotten any response from them. <laughs> the only responses I've seen is the ones that is already in the news. So I'm I'm seeing their responses as everybody else is seeing it. Nobody has talked to me personally. Are you saying right here that no one from the Internal Affairs Unit has contacted you in their investigation against these cops? Correct. Okay. I know exactly what this in this segment to, because according to some of the political leadership, they are going to make sure justice is served, transparency is met, and is all expedited. But this happened in September, and not one person from Internal Affairs has contacted you. All right, sure. um, Ms. Dunlap, we appreciate your strength. I appreciate it on a very personal level. I appreciate how you um, stood up for yourself. What does that come from? Uh, well, I've always had a hard life, so <laughs> the strength comes from my family, my mom, and and God. Most of all, I pray to God every day to to wake me up in the morning. <laughs> Sister, we are um, thankful for your leadership. Sorry this happened to you, and we're going to continue to follow this story as it develops through the court system, and I'm sure that reforms will take place in that department after this is said and done. Your legacy is connected to making sure other communities are protected. So thank you for standing up. Thank you for getting my story out, making my voice heard. It's what we do, it's our pleasure. All right, ladies and gentlemen, remember Unbossed is next with Senator Nina Turner. Remember, take care of yourself. Take care of each other, take care of the planet. Remember, the truth is always indisputable.